L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Have yourself a merry little podcast. Hi, I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And welcome to a very festive episode of Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film, usually on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, but this time... Not today. Not today. Today, we're doing something festive. This podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching... Meet me in St. Louis. Nice girls don't let men kiss them until after they're engaged. Men don't want the bloom rubbed off. Personally, I think I have too much bloom. A very special holiday episode. Warning, there will be spoilers about this holiday-packed old film. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Liana, have you ever seen this movie before? No. Okay, neither had I. No. And that is impressive because you've seen many Christmas classics. I've seen, in my mind, almost all of them. Uh Uh-huh. But no, the listeners have voted. This was a listener chosen. voted episode. Thank you, voters. Episode. Thank you, everybody, for voting. We love it when you do your civic duty. It was between this and Miracle on 34th Street. Very close. Both of which have a lot of children in them, apparently. (laughs) So, Liana, I would Mm. like to hear your prediction (laughs) of the movie Meet Me in St. Louis. (laughs) I just remembered what I said. <laughs> Hello, it's Diana. I am about to watch Meet Me in St. Louis. I don't know actually anything about this, except that Judy Garland is in it, and I think she sings. I think I read that it's a musical. I predict parasols and... Mm-hmm snow maybe in the form of asbestos and <laughs> probably right maybe they're like oh oh if we're both single at 40 meet me in st louis and we'll <laughs> kill ourselves <laughs> merry christmas love you bye <laughs> a tale as old as time 
the beautiful romantic story. <laughs> Meet me in St. Louis <laughs> when they make a, 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 a marriage and suicide pact. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is a cute idea, though. I understand that. Not the, not the killing themselves <laughs> part, but the meeting each other part, which yeah. I assumed was where your brain first went. Well, I assumed that somebody was going to have to meet in St. Louis. Yeah. But they were there the whole time. They didn't have to meet any. I mean, you know, everywhere they meet is going to be in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Sienna. I'd like to know what you thought this movie was going to be about. Awesome. This is one take. Hi, Liana. Or should I say, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Too true. Well, it's time for our Christmas episode, and that's why I'm about to watch Meet Me in St. Louis. Did you tell? I forgot what it was called. So I know that Judy Garland is in this film. I don't know anything about it. It's one of the few Christmas movies, classic Christmas movies, that I have never seen. Maybe Judy Garland will be a down and out, up and coming star, and down and out and up and coming. She will she will travel to St. Louis <laughs> to meet a young man. I predict someone will dress a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and there will be a musical <laughs> number in a hotel restaurant. All right, I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> I didn't get anything right. <laughs> well, okay, you had a pretty good idea. So had you seen images? I must have seen images. Yeah. <laughs> so you saw some images? I saw some images. I must have seen images. And I, I knew it was Judy from the poster. I guess I saw the poster. Yeah. The main image I saw was the poster. Yeah. <laughs> a poster is an image. And that's true. <laughs> I, don't, I hadn't seen anything. Like, I don't think I'd seen anything about How, this movie. That's amazing. Except they do have her song, Have Yourself a Little... Have yourself a little happy Christmas. <laughs> That's the British orphan version. <laughs> Have yourself a little happy Christmas. Lisa. <laughs> but at the end of The Family Stone, that movie, which is a more modern day Christmas movie. I saw some of that on a plane once. They play, well, they play some of Meet Me in St. Louis in Oh, it. okay. And so I guess I'd seen a very small portion of that, which led me to believe that there was like a very, very, very sad like, reason for them to be, be so sad at Christmas. I assumed so much was going to be happening in this movie. <laughs> but Sienna, could you please correct that? With, of course, a yes. synopsis. A synopsis! Of the film Meet Me in St. Louis. Yes. And actually, this one is a bit more of a summary. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Meet Me in St. Louis. The Gilded Age. <laughs> Judy Garland is part of a big family in a big house in St. Louis, Missouri. The oldest sister wants to marry a boy in New York. Judy wants to marry the boy next door. The dad just rolls in and upends everybody's <laughs> lives now and then, and then gets all butt hurt when they're not on board. For example, he tells them that they're going to move to New York. The movie takes place over the course of about half a year from summertime to Christmas. There's a real weird Halloween stint in the middle, and Judy sings her classic song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, towards the end. In the end, the family does not move. (laughs) They indeed stay in St. Louis. Okay, good. I can call it St. Louis. So people keep getting like, like correcting me whenever I say in St. Louis. They say no, it's St. Louis. Ew. But I guess it's because the song is Meet Me in St. Louis, and yeah. the song is the same as the title of the movie. As someone whose aunt was a co-founder mm-hmm. of the St. Louis Art Festival, oh my gosh, I can say with confidence that it's St. Louis. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry for that massive brag up front. 
but it's Christmas. And at Christmas, we brag. <laughs> Liana. Hey. Brag. Uh, do you have some historical context? I do. For oh this my film. Goodness. Okay. Um, clang, clang, clang to the context we go. Hello. Welcome to the historical context for Meet Me in St. Louis, the 1944 holiday film based on a series of short stories called 5135 Kensington, written by a woman named Sally Benson, published in The New Yorker. Oh. Which Sally Benson was born in St. Louis in 1897, and these stories were semi-autobiographical. Oh, wow. And then that series of short stories she eventually published into a book called Meet Me in St. Louis, which then, of course, became a film directed by Vincente Minnelli. Hey. What? They have a 19-year age gap between him and sweet, gorgeous Judy. Holy crap. And by the time the film was in post-production, they were living together. Oh, wow. Uh, How old was she in this? 22. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. Ew. The song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas really is from this movie, which I did not know. Did you know that? No, I did not know. Me neither. When she started singing it, I said, Hello? Oh, I knew it was in this movie, but you mean it's from this it's movie? from this movie. I did not know. It was written for and now is from this film. Very good song. Very good song. Big LOL. The original opening lyrics were deemed too depressing. The original opening lyrics went like this. <laughs> Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. <laughs> Next year we may all be living in the past. <laughs> Wait, what? And the studio was like, no. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't. It's very threatening, though. We're living I in the past. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas. This might be your last one. <laughs> what do you know? What have you heard? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> An essay from the Library of Congress about the film points out that the male character's absence in the film, it's very, like, girl-focused, mm-hmm. was mirroring what life was like in 1944 because oh. of the war sounds amazing (laughs) in the movie a big feature of it is of course the world fair the world's fair the 1904 st louis world's fair hello meet me in st louis louis that song that they're singing Uh actually a song written in 1904 for the fair no way that was a historical document being performed wow <laughs> you must have loved that yes what i didn't love is that the official name of the the world's fair was the louisiana purchase international exposition <laughs> and it's because they were celebrating the centennial of the louisiana purchase and i said oh no they used to be real proud of that ah the fair officially opened on April 30th of 1904 opening day drew a crowd of 200,000 people 1,500 buildings were erected along 1,200 acres of the redesigned Forest Park, including exhibits from 50 countries and 43 of the then 45 states. There also was a mile-long arcade called The Pike, which featured amusements ranging from Boer War reenactments (laughs) to infants in incubators. What the hell? Imagine you're like, let's go to the fair, and then they're just reenacting the Boer War. And you see a baby in a fucking incubator. You're like, what the hell? What is happening? That sounds horrific. Yeah. Uh, it was your pretty standard problematic world's fair. Mm. Fair. Including putting people on display. There were, quote unquote, anthropological exhibits. Oh. Including 
what was called the like anthropological athletic meet M E E T, where they were they they forced people who they'd like brought in to be like showcased quote unquote at the fair to compete against each other in like athletic matches. Oh, it was pretty awful. And then just like a bunch of white people made a bunch of generalizations about cultures based off of how one person did like a foot race. Totally. Totally. Oh, (laughs) so that is the very, very, uh, seedy underbelly, I guess you could call it of, of, any world's fair that they were doing in the past. They were like, oh, look at all these white people and look at these people who are not white. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. Let's think about Aren't that. we all being brave by looking at them? And it's, people have to understand about this, is that it's not like they were flying people from different cultures in as like esteemed guests. Right. And yeah. putting them up and being like, thank you so much. We're so excited for this cultural exchange. They literally were like bringing them in to put them on display as exhibits. Totally. I- so fucked. The St. Louis World's Fair closed on December 1st, 1904, after an estimated 12 to 20 million people had visited. Here's something crazy. Nearly all the structures were demolished after the fair closed, which apparently is a pretty common thing to do at the end of a World's Fair. Uh They built all of them out of like pretty flimsy materials and then take them down. But it was 1904. They were not doing this sustainably. It's not like they made a bunch of buildings out of like friendly paper straws totally and saved all the turtles when they took them down totally very wild just the the sheer amount of waste (laughs) garbage yeah (laughs) yeah okay and finally judy garland oh Uh, we talked about her a little bit in the wizard of oz episode but now it is time for the full judy uh deep dive born in 1922 judy garland started performing at the age of two which is too young I was too young. I didn't even know they could walk at that age. The family moved to California in 1926 when she was four years old, and Judy Garland and her siblings performed as the Gum Sisters, eventually performing under the name The Garlands. Judy's mom apparently introduced her to quote-unquote pep pills for late shows and alcohol for her nerves. So our girl was introduced to substances extremely early on. Oh, that's so sad. Judy signed with MGM at the age of 13, and then her big break was The Wizard of Oz at the age of 16, which we did watch. It's a very fun episode. Judy had a lot of struggles with addiction, body image, and mental health because MGM, like the studio execs, were trying to like get mold her into what they thought like the perfect little starlet should yeah, look like. Yeah, yeah. And so she was just constantly refi- re- receiving extremely critical input about just how she looked and existed in the world. MGM also gave quote unquote pep pills, which straight up were amphetamines to its young stars. And then also downers or barbiturates to get them to like power through the intense shooting schedule and then force them to crash right after to like forcibly sleep and rest. Whoa. Before they did it all over again. Judy Garland once said, my life was a combination of absolute chaos and absolute solitude. Which is so That's so sad. sad. There are there were allegations that Judy Garland was sexually harassed by Mayer, like the guy of, of Metro Goldwyn Mayer oh. and other studio execs like from the age of sixteen to twenty. Uh, her first marriage was at the age of nineteen. She over the course of her life was married five times total, and very few of those were happy marriages. Judy, ooh, content warning for this sentence. Sorry that this didn't come earlier. Judy Garland attempted suicide several times over the course of her life, either via overdoses or other methods. 
Um, and Judy Garland died of an accidental barbiturate overdose in 1969 at the age of 47. Which is so young and so sad. Garland was a gay icon. <sighs> she was very beloved in the gay community. In fact, and this is extremely contested, so who knows, but the, some say that her funeral in New York City was a cause for the Stonewall riots because her funeral happened in New York and then that night the police raided Stonewall Inn and like kicked off all of the, the riots at the beginning of the movement, which is crazy. And finally, um, we'll end with a quote from Judy Garland's daughter, Liza, Liza Minnelli, saying, quote, she let her guard down. She didn't die from an overdose. I think she just got tired. She lived like a taut wire. I don't think she ever looked for real happiness because she always thought happiness would mean the end. Oh my gosh. I know. That's so sad. So that is the historical context for the Christmas film. <laughs> Meet me in St. Louis. Thank you, Liana, for that incredibly depressing historical context. <laughs> Sorry. But <laughs> I didn't. Apologize. All good to know. <laughs> Have yourself. <laughs> A merry little ad break. We will be right back. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, should we look at our phone notes? Yes, please. 
Sienna, you've written, I do love when a movie starts with its very own song. And Liana, you've said, not this damp child singing hoochie coochie. It was immediately inappropriate. How does it go? It's like, meet me in St. Louis, Louis. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And a child sang the words hoochie coochie. And I said, no. That wasn't appropriate. It's <laughs> extremely inappropriate. Um, this movie was weird. This movie was weird. <laughs> this movie was really this weird. It was very weird. It is not what I expected. <laughs> yeah. I think they were really lucky to get Judy Garland in it. <laughs> not yeah. Christmas till like the last 20 very, minutes. It starts in summer 1903. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hello? Yeah. I just kind of was pretty neutral about it. Yeah. Neutral trending toward positive, I would say. I think I'm neutral trending towards it was comforting to spend time in. And I don't really want to be associated with it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I want to be any part of what's going on with them. (laughs) I think that's a great way of putting it. (laughs) They can do that on their own. I didn't realize there were only four sisters until I was doing the the summary. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it just felt like there kept being more and more children coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> when there was a son, I was like, isn't that the guy from next door? I. What? Did you say something? What? <laughs> Should I look at your notes? What? You search the word tough. Tough that I can't tell her brother and her crush apart. They were the same man? They seemed they really similar. could not tell them apart at all. Really similar. Which, like, every man cast in a movie in the year 1944 kind of looked the same. Yeah. But these two. Really. Whew, that her, was rough. Her crush, his name is John. Oh, yeah. Johnny from next door. John. He was ugly. Oh. Wait, what? (laughs) What were you going to say? Not that. (laughs) Really? What? Did you think he was cute? Let me Google him. I don't even think No, it's okay. We have different. I mean, you've seen my type. So. Yeah, no, your type (laughs) terrifies me. He's ugly. It makes sense, actually. This tracks. This is very normal. Yeah, I don't know why I'm surprised. Um, No, I thought he was actually very. handsome I, no i thought their chemistry was great so i enjo- <laughs> wow did you not i just <gasps> i just was like wow he's just kind of there i wish we could go observe people in real life and be like what do you think of their chemistry versus yeah, who I yeah. think? maybe <laughs> yeah. the opposite i guess it was okay i didn't really feel like they were connecting much i don't know well they didn't talk about anything <laughs> but they, just the scene where she's like can you turn off all the lamps in my house yeah. for me and she leans on him i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Merry Christmas. There were so many baffling moments in this film. <laughs> I just couldn't have predicted any part of this movie. <laughs> I guess you said it was based on like a woman's actual stories. Yeah. So this and these were vignettes. Like I don't think she really yeah. is like I'm doing a narrative tale. I liked like their household. Like I liked when they were sitting around eating dinner together. The uh-huh. food all looked good. Yep. You know, there were some things that were warm. It was a very um Corned beef and cabbage sort of yeah. time of the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Just sometimes. <laughs> At least for the whites. That was sort of the uh-huh. era. And specifically in this for like class. A century. Yeah. 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 Uh, the class also, like, they had a housekeeper, but they were all helping make the food. And I'm just like. They said that they were poor. They kept saying like, they were you poor. Live in a gorgeous home with a maid. Yeah. <laughs> and your father's the head of his department. I don't really understand. I don't know. Maybe th- maybe language was different back then. Maybe words meant something totally not what they mean today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can we just talk about the Halloween section? <laughs> what the hell was that? So crazy. Did you know what Halloween was in the past? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was 
terrified. <laughs> Children have these like little schemes <laughs> at Halloween. There are a few things going on. First of all, they're all lighting a fire. I could not comprehend. On the street, there is a big fire. A straight and up bonfire. They're throwing items, household items. Furniture, pieces of furniture. They looked like fresh furniture. Uh-huh. This also wasn't like right in the middle of the depression or anything where you're like, oh yeah, there's, we understand. No. Uh, this was 1904 St. Louis. Well, 1903, I guess at that point. Crazy. <laughs> Even more furniture in 1903. They, famously. <laughs> And they let the children run around on the streets, light a huge fire. I mean, it was very dangerous. And then what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to go, Mm -hmm. they're supposed to go, quote unquote, kill Mm -hmm. is what they call it. Right. This little game, they kill somebody in the neighborhood, which means that they run over to them. They throw Throw flour flour. on them. They say, I hate hate you. you. And then they've killed their, their banshee. (laughs) Liana says this movie has suddenly become the purge and I must say I am baffled (laughs) children just got free reign to kind of do crime for a whole evening it was crazy so according to this movie Uh uh-huh if here's what Halloween was yeah in the year 1903 okay as a child you get dressed up as either a (laughs) tramp or a drunk I think are the words that they used (laughs) You leave your home, uh-huh. and on your street, other children are having a bonfire that I am sorry, but from far away, looked like a Nazi book burning. <laughs> from the wrong angle, it looked exactly like that. You know what I said when I first saw it? I said, I don't know why, but this feels really racist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it was, was just children, bunch of small white bunch children. Of white children burning things. You just, that's never a good sign. It's never good. <laughs> It's never good. Never in history has it been good when a group of white people have started burning stuff. <laughs> it's just like, guys, hey, maybe don't. Don't do this. You don't, It doesn't have to be this way. It all felt so violent. It was scary. very stressful. And then they each had a bag of flour <laughs> and they had to basically ding dong ditch, except it was ding dong, throw flour in the face of and insult. It was like trick or treat, but they just ha- trick. Trick. I guess. Uh, maybe this is where the trick in trick or treat came from. And you know what made it all much, much weirder? Mm. Is that shortly after all this, <laughs> Tootie returns to the home crying. Yeah. Saying, but before then, what? we hear an off-screen thud and a child scream. And I was like, oh, Tootie died. I don't even remember that. That's when she gets like hit by a trolley or something. <laughs> this and is where I like, was. Tootie. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Tootie. And I was like, what? This this was not the the uh, tone of the film until this point when Tootie comes in. They're like, she's lost a tooth. She's been she's been beat up. She has been hit by a trolley or something. And she's like, yeah, guess what, Esther? Your crush tried to kill me. She lies and says that a grown man punched her in the face, <laughs> which is a which really is very, uh, to kill a mockingbird ending. Uh, yeah, which actually I guess did happen. <laughs> I guess does, you're right. As a ham get punched on Halloween, but it's, in this one there was no hot Boo Radley standing exactly. in the corner for us to turn to for guidance. It's a highly concerning allegation that nobody <laughs> seemed to have a real like strong enough response to. They yeah. were like, "Did my crush really?" beat you up yeah yeah you're talking about like a 17 year old guy or Uh 25 i don't know how old he was supposed to be (laughs) and you're saying he like punched you Mm -hmm. and ostensibly for no reason Uh (laughs) and then pushed you in front of a trolley and this is how we tried to kill me (laughs) (laughs) she tripled down 
And it's Halloween. So Liana and I, who don't understand Halloween in this era, <laughs> were like, is that like a trick or treat sort of thing? No. Like the grown men trying to throw the children in front of a trolley? <laughs> trick or treat. <laughs> ah, That was wild. And then Judy goes and beats up the guy who's standing on his patio, as he always is, and then comes back. And then Tootie is like, lols jk Lol. what actually we were trying to do was get a trolley filled with people to crash <laughs> <laughs> they were doing a big prank where they they filled up a dress with hay or something they like stuffed some clothing like fake body on the track yeah so it looked like a body so that the the train the, would upend and the trolley it stopped and they said that it broke like a rail or something yeah but, but it didn't it didn't hurt anybody. Nobody and got older hurt. older sisters, Rosa and Esther, like, people straight up could have died. Like, so many people. And then the scene ends with all of them laughing about it. I was very afraid of Tootie. I, she was sort of my tusk in this film. <laughs> I was scared to look at her. I thought she was funny and, like, a very accurate sort of child, but I think she's meant to scare you. I think that's probably the right response because she really, she was like, I'm going to dig a hole and I'm going to pull the, the neighbor's foot through it. She buried her dolls in the graveyard. Yeah. She was a little freak. When they found out she's moving, she was like, I'll need time to dig up all my dead dolls. She what is the, the kind fuck? of person that you should cut off as a friend. You, She's the kind of person who, at the beginning of a horror movie, or at the end of it, somebody's like, yes, well, we were her parents, and we were always very worried. Mm-hmm. And now she killed 100 people. So yeah. I guess, there you go. She did. She had psychopath she vibes. She was so scary. Which I thought was kind of fun for her. You just don't expect, you don't expect psychopath vibes in a Christmas film. So much Not I could really. never expect from this movie. So much. Mm. Clang, clang, clang went the ad break. We're taking an ad break. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think we do. We do have to go back a little bit to talk about the lights. <laughs> Sienna, you've said she's so slay for this turning the lights off stunt. <laughs> she was very slay. It was very slay of her. <gasps> okay. She was, she was like, so she's like, I'm going to kiss that neighbor boy. I'm going to get him to kiss me. I thought they'd spoken at least once before when she was saying that, but no. Which, this is so funny about the time, is that mm. they were like, now, Esther, you're not supposed to kiss a man until you're engaged, which is like, that's a little much. But then she's like, no, I'm going to kiss him immediately. And it's like, okay, Esther, that's also like, you can wait a little longer if you want. Everything was so, sp- I you had loved to it. do it so rapidly at the time. I loved it so much. So for some reason, her family have a gathering. I mm-hmm. guess it's like a sending off the boys to Princeton or something. Oh, yeah. Gathering. And she's like, hi, John, I'm Esther. And this is my house. And at the end of the night, she's expertly hidden his hat in the bread box as we've all done she brings it out she's like oh i found it it was right where i left oops oopsie well guess my sister has to go to bed good night good night sister good night good sweet dreams to you and her sister says something that's like okay good night and remember you need to get your beauty sleep Uh uh-huh which was just the energy of like now remember sister don't be a slut When she said that if you have sex, it will be it will rub your bloom off. <laughs> oh yeah, and Judy was like, "I think I have too much bloom." I personally was like, <laughs> "Too much bloom." Mood rolling in bloom. Bloomed. Then she sings a full song to him. She sang she? a full song to him about being on the ba- the balcony or the banister or something. But it's because he was like, "What's that poem?" And then she sings it at him. <laughs> it was amazing. The problem was that it didn't work. Yeah, he did not kiss her. No, and Shame. that sucked. Yeah. This man was a coward the whole film. He, I did not like him. He was, to you, ugly in the face and to me, ugly in spirit. He was also ugly in spirit for mm-hmm. me, by the way, I should say. Oh, sure. <laughs> because later... <laughs> I could kill him with my bare Let's hands. just talk about him now, because this he does become relevant later. Okay, Princeton John. Yeah. The next door neighbor mm-hmm. at 5133, mm-hmm. as we hear in the song, I like my neighbor, <laughs> mm. or whatever the song was called. Mm-hmm. If you had to name every song in this film, it would be like, I like my neighbor. <laughs> trolley, trolley, ding dong, we're on a trolley. Oh, I'm so sad. It's Christmas. Oh, just kidding. We don't have to move. Like that. Those are the songs. Oh my gosh. Wait, when is it that they do kiss? So this is after she's punched him in the face. Oh yeah. Perhaps assaulted her sister, except he didn't. Tootie was fine. And the devil. Yeah. He becomes his most charming once after she tries to beat him up because she yeah. thought that he killed tried to kill us. He loved that. This is another thing I need to take notes on. Go to his house and physically assault him a little bit. Because then he was like all over it. He loved it so much. But I did not like their kiss at all. I didn't like that first kiss. But what I did like was right before it when he was like, could you help me turn off the lights in my house? Yeah. I'm afraid of rats. I was like, hot. That was hot to me. They finally go to the dance together. Oh my God. come to his senses. Oh my God. This fucking idiot boy. Stupid, stupid little basketball idiot bitch the way that he hurts her feelings <laughs> oh my is god so accurate yeah it is such an accurate way that men fail it's kind you of shocking he comes in and he's like hey sorry i can't take you to the dance because i was playing basketball and then when i went to the to the tailors to pick up my suit it had already closed you have to see the note that i wrote about this <clears throat> you said 
I couldn't pick up my tuxedo because I was playing basketball. Same energy as the multiple dates where the man picked the location and it was closed. When I was in my dating app era where I was like, yeah, this could work. uh, Multiple times the man would be initiating it. And I was like, okay, great. Like, I really appreciate that. That's a trait that I look for and and admire. They would pick a venue. And the first time it happened was the first ever Tinder date I'd ever gone on. He picked the place. I looked it up on Google Maps and I was like, hey, it looks like they actually close at four and you'd suggested meeting at 3.30. Like, do we want to do earlier? Or do, we, do we want to pick a different place? Uh-huh. He literally was like, um, I think it'll be fine. I hate them. He showed up at 3.54 for the date. Of course the place was closed. We ended up walking to a Starbucks in a Safeway. Oh. 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 To get a coffee. Another time? The man picked the location. I drove to it. He was half an hour late because he was getting in a political discussion with his roommate. Oh, my gosh. I got to this place. It was in a hotel that was completely shuttered and you couldn't even access via car. Holy shit. So when this man showed up with, I played basketball for too long and I didn't think about the fact that a business closes at 5 p.m., which is the end of the business day. (laughs) I could have burned down all of St. Louis. It was too, it was too much. Oh, My God. This movie inspired in me two thoughts. (laughs) Total. Let's hear them. (laughs) One was, I think I might want to take a piano again. It it did. It did. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I regret not playing piano. It makes you want to sing at the piano. It makes you want to be at the piano. The other thought that I had Uh was, it kind of seems like it'd be really nice to have four sisters. (laughs) No, I thought about that too. Yeah. And maybe, I'm sure there are, but watching it, I was like, there's no downside. (laughs) I know. It'd be great. To having a lot of sisters around. Also, like, having watched Bad Sisters. Yeah. I just am in, I'm in my sister's era. I feel the same exact way. (laughs) I'm yearning for sisters. I feel the same way. Because I'm like, and then they'll just bring more interesting things and more family members in and stuff. And I would just. There's always something going on in the house. Yeah. When they all met at the World's Fair, like, everybody was talking and they all were like, oh, maybe we'll go over here. Actually, I want to do, oh, finally, you two showed up. Like, it just was very um, energetic. Yeah. And you can come over and be like, let's sing a song together. Yeah. Wow. We have the same thoughts about the end of this movie oh my god he said wait was this st louis propaganda the whole time (laughs) and you said two things you said presented by the st louis board of tourism (laughs) and if i had to summarize this film i would say st louis 100 (laughs) percent that's the one kind of through line in the movie is that every now and then they'll be like i love it here oh st louis who wouldn't want to be in St. Louis? And you're like, okay. All right. So I, is that the point? It's pretty much just like we've been in your house. I haven't seen anything about St. Louis. <laughs> That's true. What makes it so great? We barely see the World's Fair. Barely. It's for like one second and it lights it up and the new. movie ends. It felt very new. It lights up and they're like, by the way, I freaking love it here. Yeah. Judy's and you're like, like, can you believe it's happening here where we live? And I was like, okay. <laughs> yes. St. Louis. You've been talking about it for months. <laughs> I don't understand. Sienna, let's move on to a festive version of our segment, Normally Badges and Tragedies, for this episode, Cookies and Coal, <laughs> where we award cookies for things that we feel the film did well, and coal <laughs> for the Halloween section. They probably liked that back then. Coal? Yeah. 
I have a badge for making food in old movies. Mm. I always love the you cooking love scenes. That. I really do. When yeah. they sit down to a feast, I just, I enjoy it so much. Mm. Badge for this bathroom. The tub and its stained glass window that oh. we see for a mere moment at the beginning. Gorgeous. Striking. I said badge instead of cookie. Me too. I have a cookie. Okay. <laughs> Wait, but we're fixing it. We're fixing it now. We're fixing we're it now. Sound like idiots the whole time. Ah, shit. I have a cookie for Grandpa's hats. Particularly yeah. the first one he was wearing that, that was collection. like green with the spindly whatever on top. I don't oh. know why more old men aren't wearing little caps like this. That was delightful. <laughs> Excuse me, old men. What are you have, doing? Have you considered a cap? A cookie for washing cabbages to drown out the sound of your dumb daughter. <laughs> Cookie for Rose's ladder blouse. Do you see her blouse that had like the little like... I have a cookie for her tassel gown. I also have a cookie for someone's bow tie. Okay, great. <laughs> Just good outfits. Good outfits. I have a cookie for a dog. You have to be more specific. I will. We'll be this sp- one was just a dog. <laughs> this is impossible to be more specific about. I can't tell you how much of just a dog this dog was. Was there it was their a dog? dog? No. It was just, there was a dog in one scene. And I said, oh, a dog. <laughs> cookie. Okay. Oh, <laughs> cookie for for Rose's boyfriend on the phone saying, there'll be H to pay. Oh, yeah. If my parents find out about this. I'm obsessed with that. I'm going to start saying there'll be H to pay. A cookie for a St. Bernard. Aww. There was a St. Bernard in the winter scene. I, I like St. Bernard's. Okay. Cookie for one girl playing a trumpet as the entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that she wasn't even it's like okay amazing <laughs> yeah a cookie for this bed frame i'm in the market for a bed frame and that was a good one the one that they were throwing in the fire no <laughs> no they threw a full bed frame in the, the fire. one that judy's holding on to when rose is tightening oh, her corset mm. cookie for motorman which is i guess what you call a guy who drives a trolley <laughs> the motorman hello Motor- motorman hey cookie for what's the matter nothing i just wish i were dead <laughs> I loved caught it. that too. Loved it. Cookie for this jiggly ice cream. They all ate ice cream, which jiggly. already was fun. I don't even know if I feel pro for it. I liked the ice cream. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pro it jiggling, mm. but it was jiggling. Every time they spoke, it was like just a little bit wobbling I around. If it was like movie prop ice cream in the past was like gelatin <laughs> just of like some sort. Lard. Yeah. A cookie for the women in this movie know what they want and they go after it. I love that. Oh. Yeah. There were some very much lady vibes in this that yeah. we, we can uh, get behind. Mm-hmm. Cookie for frozen bloomers. The, the, Don't uh, say that to me. Once it's frozen <laughs> bloomers. Stop saying that. Once it stop was it. at wintertime. That's inappropriate. Who, at wintertime, their housekeeper. Frozen bloomers. Uh, took down some bloomers from, the, it was like a joke and they were completely stiff and it was very funny. Mm. Cookie for Judy's jacket's lining matching her dress. Her red velvet dress at the end. First of all, gorgeous second of all her little overcoat that she was wearing when she took it off the inside was lined with the exact same velvet i love that and i was like why aren't we doing that more these days why not where have we all been cookie for this i love you entrance and immediate exit that's my next cookie as well i have a cookie for i love you merry christmas (laughs) i loved that i loved that too i loved that where was he the whole film oh in new york i know he was way more fun i loved his energy me too he was hot in 3d too he was hot Great job, Willard. I have a cookie for a fun big family, as we said. Yeah, yeah. My final cookie is a cookie for these wedding costumes. The parasols, the gowns, 
the lace work at the very end when they're going off to, I think, Rose's wedding. Yeah. Those costumes were incredible. Yeah. They really brought it. I mean, hats off. (laughs) Cookie for snow people. I loved the snow people that they built outside. Mm -hmm. They were very funny. Visibly made out of like (laughs) clay. Plaster of Paris. (laughs) Yeah. Cookie for a couple of nuns. <gasps> I saw the nuns too. Those nuns who are standing there at the end. That's just fun. I just wrote nuns. In their big, I forget what they're called. Wh- 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 whipples? Wimples? Oh my gosh. <laughs> In their wimples. Liana, shall we move on? Yeah, I can't believe I'm holier than you are. <laughs> Sorry. Must feel good, huh? <laughs> Feels good. Dredges. Coal. 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 I have a piece of coal for the only person who pronounces the name of the city correctly in this movie is the most annoying child. Who? Oh, Tootie? Tootie. Piece of coal for (laughs) men are horrible at being in charge. This father was a menace. He was a menace. And then the the boys did terrible. They were terrible too. Yeah. Yeah. A piece of coal for Papa calling his daughters singing screeching. They were sounding very gorgeous. (laughs) It was crazy to me that that is what he it's said they rude. were doing. And inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Trage for terrifying Halloween. What what the hell was that? That was disturbing. Cole for Rose's hair. Jesus Christ. The hair and makeup department did Rose dirty. <laughs> oh, the pile. The pile. That's exactly what I was going to say. Piece of coal for their kiss. I really did not like their first kiss mm-hmm. where he just grabbed her and gave her a smack. She didn't get any chance to enjoy that. Yeah. And she wanted to kiss him. Yeah. Piece of coal for everybody bending everything to Papa's liking. Uh-huh. Boo. Uh, piece of coal for John is lame. <laughs> a piece of coal for, oh dear, I think this song is extremely offensive. The one where she and Tootie are putting on hats and little canes. Yes, I've said uh, a, a piece of coal for never trust a turn of the century cakewalk. Is that what? It's called the cakewalk. I don't remember, but it's racist. A piece of coal for all this wasted time of the movie spent on children's storylines. I wrote that during the Halloween segment. <laughs> I was like, where is where are the horny people who and where is Christmas? Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> That's a really funny way to talk about. It. <laughs> They're wasting this time. What are they doing on these children? What are we doing? A piece of coal for the idea of sex being something that can get rubbed off of you. Just generally that being problematic. And also <laughs> That's disgusting. That's, I don't want that. A piece of coal. I had a cookie for the women going after what they want. The piece of coal is that what they want is men. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's tragic. It's tragic. Mm-hmm. A piece of coal for not picking up your suit because of basketball. Ooh. And piece of coal for on-screen reading, which they did have. Unfortunately. I also struggled. The letter. It was quick. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> very cursive, very fast. Impossible to read. Well, Liana, shall we move on to our next segment? Yes. The segment, of course, is how to pretend you've seen this film. Mm. This is for... You are at the World's Fair. <gasps> you are sitting and... And it's Christmas themed. The Christmas World's <laughs> Fair. <laughs> the, the world's... It's at the North Pole. Christ Kindle marked. Uh, and... Uh, John. John. John is... Or Lon. Lon. Lon and John... Do you know his dad's name was Alonzo as well? So they called the, him Lon too. Lon, Lon, and John. Lon, Lon, and John are coming up to you. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no. Oh gosh. Oh. They Be say all gone. at the same time. And they say, uh, hoochie, uh, coochie, coochie, coochie to you. To you. <laughs> <laughs> you say, 
no. <laughs> wow, this 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 exchange of cultures at this Christ Kindlemarkt really reminds me of my favorite movie in the world. Whoa. I'm being another one of them. Meet me in St. Louis. <laughs> Have you heard of it? Clang, clang, clang. <laughs> went the trolley. And before, <laughs> before Lon Lon and John run you over with a trolley <laughs> and tell you about this film the whole time, uh-huh. here are a few things you can say to pretend that you've seen the movie Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's <laughs> yes, Lon. I've seen Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> I was really hoping I'd think of something. You know, it's really thought of as one of the more melancholy Christmas movies. For example, it is featured uh, as a sad part of other Christmas movies like ah. The Family Jewel. However... The Family Stone? <laughs> <laughs> like The Family Stone. <laughs> However, the movie is, it doesn't actually... The stakes are not as high when you're actually watching the movie as oh. as they feel, which maybe speaks to Judy Garland's emotional depth. Yes. Lon, Lon, John, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. My friend is having trouble with her husband, him being a man. <laughs> I love that line. Yes, other Lon, I have seen the movie Meet Me in St. Louis slash Louis. The fact that it goes through several parts of the year, not a whole year, but a few holidays for me represents that family is forever. Mm. Lon, John, Lon. My favorite quote of the film, Meet Me in St. Louis, a film I of course have seen, is also the energy I am manifesting in the inevitable meeting I will one day have with, of course, George Mackay. I don't want to be just introduced to him. I want it to be something strange and wonderful. Oh. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Thank you. Yes, John. Hello, John. Now, I have seen the movie Meet Me in St. Louis. One of the most spectacular parts of it is the, the wardrobe. Keep an eye out for that. Lon, John. Where's the other? Oh, Lon, I thought you were a drunken ghost. (laughs) Lon, Lon, and John, I have seen the film Meet Me in St. Louis. It's not as much of a Christmas movie as you would think. The Christmas part takes up about, I'd say, an eighth. (laughs) John, Lon, and Lon, this has been one of life's true pleasures, of course, and I would like to just leave you with the gorgeous words of Mr. Brokov just after flowers been thrown in his face. That, those words, of course, were... <laughs> and now that you have thrown Lon, Lon, and John in front of the trolley... <laughs> don't worry, no one got hurt. We are now going to save you time this holiday season. We know your schedules are busy, packed, so busy. And we're going to let you know if we think you should watch this film or if you should do something else with your holiday time. Sienna? Well, it is Christmas time. (laughs) And I think that you should watch another Christmas movie instead Mm, of this one is generally how I feel. Yeah. There are oh so many Christmas movies that I love. Yes. Um, But one that is fun (laughs) that I would recommend to Liana. Oh. Because it instead features not children, but a character who doesn't understand children, and the, the children are not a big part of it. It's mostly romance. Okay. 
and it is in many ways very feminist, but oh. also very comfortable and features feasts, is the movie Christmas in Connecticut. Oh my God. <laughs> it is. It's a really good movie. I think you'd All like right. it. I do. It's uh, Barbara Stanwyck. Uh-huh. And I don't want to spoil too much, but it is the premise of the movie. She uh, is pretending to be like a, a homemaker f- for her job, for her magazine that she writes for. And mm-hmm. it's all made up and she has to stage her like made up life. And there's like a baby and she's like, how do I wash this baby? <laughs> I don't care about this baby. How do I wash this baby? <laughs> anyway, I would recommend. I, I love really that. love that movie. It is such a delight. Mm. That's a fun Christmas one if you want to watch a classic Christmas movie this year. Yes. Why can't I say the word Christmas? I keep saying crust. Well, it's because I'm holier than you are because I know what a wimble is. (laughs) I would say, eh, no, you don't need to watch whatever that was. I, me personally, as what I will be doing this holiday season is I will be watching the British classic film, Love Actually, starring so many Brits. (laughs) Ooh, I love it, actually. It's so fun. I love There's that. music as well. Somebody probably has a parasol in it. There's, there is actually hoochie coochie. The <laughs> <laughs> There's hoochie coochie There's in that movie. There's literal hoochie coochie. I would say watch Love Actually this holiday season. I know a lot of it has not aged well. I know that actually. But neither so, has this movie. So perfect. Yeah. So checkmate atheists. <gasps> Sienna, what would you rate the film? Meet me in St. Louis. I am going to give this movie... Two corned beef meals mm. out of five. Mm-hmm. It was, it was good in certain <laughs> ways. <laughs> good. Um, there were parts I liked. I liked all the sister parts that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. It was a warm environment. Mm-hmm. However, I think there are a lot better Christmas movies. It's very weird. Yeah. Glad to have watched it. I don't. I don't want to be associated with this film. <laughs> <laughs> Me and this film, we have. Yes, we've met. We've met. Parting uh, ways. I've watched the film, but Mm -hmm. I have no connection to it. Besides that, this you do not claim this. I do not claim this film. No, (laughs) legally, I do not claim it. Liana, how about yourself? You know, yeah, I was gonna say three, but I think it's going down to a two. Oh no! Just under the the framing of this was supposed to be a Christmas movie, Mm -hmm. like a holiday film. Yeah, and I want. I was expecting to sort of feel cozy the whole time, Mm -hmm. and then we were terrorized by a demon for (laughs) a good part of it. So I would say two. (laughs) <laughs> two St. Louis's out of great. <laughs> Perfect. Um, there were parts of it that I enjoyed. I think parts of it were very beautiful. Uh-huh. I enjoyed the chemistry between Judy and the guy. <laughs> really, ooh, very spooked by that child. <laughs> None of it really made sense. And, you know, it's uh, still a very like male-oriented movie. Yeah. Which I, the I think it's just like, the racism, the world's fair of it all. Like the white excitement, I think what? in the movie really... is you don't want to trust white excitement. You, it's the same as if you a wanna... bunch of white people are burning something in a group. You just need to look at that with a critical check. eye. You want to double check on white excitement. Yeah. It's like unexplained male laughter. You just need to understand why this <laughs> is happening. Hey, where did this come from? Check in. Do, do a sweep. That's a really good point. <laughs> Well, we've done it again. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Another year has passed. Have yourself a, a merry little Christmas. Christmas. It could be your last. <laughs> We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And Patreon if you're feeling generous. Add tossed popcorn. 
we'll see you next time when we'll be watching. Oh. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? <laughs> Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry. God bless us, every whimper bitch. <laughs> Thank you. We love you. Bye! You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Fun fact, my grandma's sisters are named Rose and Esther. Because of this film? No. Mm. What's your it grandma named? Old. St. Louis? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.